Hello friends, thank you for joining me. This is Kelsey Timmis with the very first episode of this portion of Messages from Mona. Mona means silence and we practice that regularly in our yoga practice um, but also in our yoga teacher training. Our Sunday mornings are spent in silent meditation uh, and then move in directly into a philosophy conversation. And so over the next few weeks or months, we'll be sharing portions from that now called Messages from Mona with uh, unique themes that weave in the mindfulness practice and tips for cultivating a greater sense of awareness and peace, authoring uh, peace for yourself through these tools and techniques. Hope you enjoy this first message. So there's a few concepts that I think we are ready to explore. And the first one is this core of goodness. This like who you are at your core, knowing, really knowing that who you are at your core is this unquenchable goodness, love, generous, loving, compassionate, understanding, grace, that 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 is who you are. And that's who you've always been. At, At creation, that's what you are. And that um, portion that I was reading is in your book, um, Moving Into Stillness, the Eric Schiffman book, which is really sweet. This beginning of this book, it, in the, it really just spends time with this. Get still, be still and know. Arrived at this place of stillness and is acknowledging like what happens when we get still and but really clearly identifying that a lot of what we experience when we're busy and a lot of what we experience when we first get still is all an illusion and in yoga we call it maya m-a-y-a maya that means illusion and, and illusions aren't necessarily bad. I'd like to stay in this loving place of non-judgment. It's, we interpret, we hold an illusion to have an experience, right? We'll hold this mask to experience a part of the self or we'll even hold an illusion of expectation sometimes only to then have an experience of disappointment. And so at least for this conversation, if we can allow all of that to be neutral, like there's no good or bad or right or wrong, it's, it's just experience. And suffering, pain, tension, stress, 
all arises from our wrestling with what we observe. So if, if truth, it could be pure truth, but if it is contradictory to the experience that we are wanting to have, we'll wrestle with it. Right? Like even that thought of, I am love itself as truth. And we might wrestle with that. Oh, I don't know. If love knew, if, if only love knew what I you know, have been and done, it, it would not, that would not be me, right? We're wrestling with truth or we're tempted with a lie of unworthiness. You're not, you're not, I'm not good enough. And I'm, but I'm wrestling with that because I want to be good enough. I need to be good enough. Well, we're wrestling with that because that's true. Or if the experience is the, is casting an illusion on the truth, we're wrestling with that. And if we are um, unwilling to receive the truth, we're wrestling with it, right? So all, most of our conscious, like dense conscious experience in life is wrestling, it's tension wishing and worrying and you know it's hoping and, and lamenting and trying to forget trying to create something different all attention of wrestling with where we are what we are how we are but because at our core we are whole regardless of what has happened to us. Um, we are not broken, even though we experience a break in, in that construct within wrestling. There at our core, there is an untouchable place. There is a place within you that is untouched and is untouchable. It's the only, the only person that can even enter that space is you. When you enter that space, nothing else can come in that space. So when we get still and we notice all the weather, and we choose consciously to sit with versus war with that weather. And we start to soften into the observer, soften back into a place of being the observer. So this weather almost like shifts in front of the eyes. Like when we first feel it, it's in our body and we have to move a little bit or we're, or we're, you know, kind of turning away from it. And then, but, but if we don't reject it, if that, if we can pause for just a little bit longer, we can sit for just a little bit longer. It, it shifts forward in front of the eyes and we start to look at it 
like this, right? Versus like so subjective and sensory and pulled and um, in this way that feels uncontrolled, right? As if there's no, we have no control over how we feel, we have no control over how we think. So this softening back, I like to refer to it as, you know, soften back behind the eyes when, into awareness. When you're the observer self, this presence of yourself that's here, it's higher consciousness that can observe. That part of yourself almost then starts to see the top of your own head, right? It can feel back so far that it's like, I am observing the self. I, 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 I have a body, but I am so much more than a body. I have a breath, but I haven't felt my deep breath in, in minutes, like 30 minutes, because I'm in this awareness place. So the breath is just ether, right? It's not labored. There's no senses in the body. As we start to feel back and not separate because it's, we're, we're still connected. It's shifting into a perspective, giving a greater uh, amount of consciousness to that space. And then we're observing these things. It's like, oh, interesting. Oh, wow, that's so interesting, right? Everything just becomes so interesting. Not conflicting, not triggering, not provoking, not, it just is like, oh, it's so interesting. And then we're there, if sit with that. But sometimes we war with that. It's like, oh, wait, no, I can't feel enough, right? So we come back. We, we pick one of those things to then pull ourselves back into the denseness of consciousness, the heaviness. So this practice, we shift back, we observe, and then we choose to step back in to the body, step back into the experience, the, the, the provable experience, right? And we do that for a long time until we have a cure, we have a curiosity or a deeper desire for peace than we do pain. Because pain is a great motivator, makes us feel alive. Passion makes us feel alive. We love that stuff. It's a, it's a huge part of why we even became human and incarnated in this experience. So then we, we want to be less tethered. It's like, I don't, I don't really enjoy being so tethered. So I'm going to sit more. I'm going to get quiet more often. I'm going to start creating more opportunity in my life to be still. I'm going to start like decluttering my house and like simplify so that I just, I have more time. I have less to do. When we simplify, I have less to do, so I have more time to be. And in that time to be, I spend more time with love. I spend more time as love. I spend more time as peace. And recognize that I author my peace. Peace isn't out here. Peace never comes this way. 
So when I retreat or just um, step out, it's kind of like you're at a dinner party and then you just step out and you go to your bedroom and your bathroom and refresh yourself, right? And then you merge back in. So we step back, we step out and step in. We step into that place of peace that is always there. This is radical. The A lot of life has to happen for us before we're even ready for the experience of understanding that your peace is your own responsibility. It, it doesn't come from circumstances. Peace will never order itself in the world. The world has never demonstrated peace, ever. It demonstrates the desire for peace. There's a the memory of our consciousness, of our wholeness, the memory that we have that we are love, the memory that we have that I am you, you are me, we are the same. It shows up in the world as this aspiration for peace and getting along this like preference. It also is why we just, we struggle with people that have so far forgotten who they are, that they are radical discord and, and hate in the world. And we resist that because we remember on some level who we are, what we are and what we all are. And we miss having been there. We miss the time when we were all in harmony, in spirit, in wholeness, before we became divided, before we became individual. That's a spiritual memory. It's an imprint. Some religions refer to that as like a lifetime. You can remember that from a lifetime. But even if you don't subscribe to lifetimes and that there's only one life, one human life that you live, well, where were you before you were here? Where will you go when you die? Because energy is permanent. It's constant. Energy is always existing. So you take form as a human body, but you are not formless. Like there was a essence of you before you were you. And we all came from the same essence, love. You were pure love and light before you were ego and spirit, self. So that memory starts to restore and we start to find this deep solace in ourself that once was like loneliness. And we, when we're lonely, we're not lonely because we don't have enough people around. In fact, we tend to be lonelier when we have a lot of people in our life and yet it's still empty, right? You walk away from interactions like not fed, not soulfully fed or met deeply. And we just are in loneliness because we're seeking it 
outside of ourselves. When, and then when life and the experience and like things like yoga teacher training or other experiences that bring us on a path of self-discovery, it's really self-rediscovery that we're rediscovering this part of ourself that we have forgotten because life is really good at telling us what we need to do and know to survive here on earth, right? So from the beginning, when we're a little child, our, that delight, that playfulness that sings and dances and loves storytelling and loves people and nature and is just enamored by the world, right? That innocent part of ourself. That part of ourself remembered who she or he was. But even as we grow and we adult, when we have more life experiences that have been speaking a lie or of an or a non-truth, like a, like unworthiness, more than these few weeks or months or years as a child, that when that was nurtured, right? Well, it makes sense why we fall into that because of repetition pattern. Repetition, pattern, frequency, exposure, imprinting. That, as a nervous system and as a body, remembers. So there's sayings all throughout philosophy that all suffering is rooted in memory. All suffering is rooted in memory. And memory is a neural imprint. And it, pre- it creates a comparing mind. So we start to compare one moment to the next to create value of things instead of always just coming back to the beginning. Have an experience and then come all the way back to wholeness. Have an experience, come all the way back to love. Have an experience, come all the way back, right? Instead, we're then working this way. And we pull back and forth between this like joy and sadness. And we start to believe that that is reality. Instead of deep, whole love, joy, unquenchable joy. Then that relationship with self starts to become this deeply cherished and nurtured thing that you would not sell for anything. So when the world then starts inviting you into experiences, you start to like hard pass. No, thank you. Like, like, there's nothing there for me. There's nothing in that. You don't know how much that will cost me. No harm, no foul. But, and no, and no harm, no foul, no offense, because how could you ever even know 
what that would cost me. You have no, you'll never know. You'll never know this cultivated strength of fortitude, deep love that is unwavering, that is always there, never leaves, right? So when I can, when I need that, want that, want to cultivate that, I just step into it. So this integrity thing starts to happen of what we will and will not do in the conscious life because of what it costs us access to within our spiritual dimension. Because we can't take all of those lies into that space. They, they always have to be left at the door. So in our meditation practice, as we start to work through these layers, as we sit still, sometimes we can't just, we can't even get past the physical sensation. And then we start to get past the physical sensation and we're just really in this breath experience and like, and like having a new experience of breath, our breath is changing, the capacity of breath is changing. It's work exploring breath. And then we go back to body, right? And then we sit again and we, we can slide through physical sensation. We get into breath and then we're in this um, non-judgment, this welcoming place of just welcoming feeling like, oh, a fleeting sad, a sense of sadness and just watching it just kind of wash through, right? And then this, and then, and then maybe just this like smile, like even your lips smile because it right like rises up and it just has to animate on the face and it just comes and it goes. Now in that space, often we're like, I want this to pass faster. And then when the joy comes, I want more of that. And so we attach to it and then we get into thinking mind. Now, and now we're sitting still, but we're configuring. Like, how can I get more of that and less of that, right? How can I get more of that and less of that all while we're sitting still? So that space of consciousness takes a lot more time. We have to go there again and again and again and again and again and spend time there until there is no discrimination. There's no discriminating mind. One is not more valuable than the other. When we can become objective with all that is rising in emotion or thought without being the judge, without judging everything, tagging everything, valuing everything, sorting everything, organizing everything. It doesn't require us to do that. All, all that tendency was learned. We learned it. And it's a survival skill, right? So we only do that when fear is present. And we get a break from fear when we abide in that deep sense of calm that we are. When we step back into that space and spend time in that space, 
retreat to that space. In the IRS practice, we call it your inner resource. That word inner resource, cultivating an inner resource, a, re a sanctuary, an inner resource of safety, an inner resource of trust. Because what we know is that trust and safety is essential in order to feel and be with in a loving way. So because we know our nature, we cultivate a practice of cultivating your inner resource, your inner sanctuary, which means you get to use your imagination to create it. If you're a visual person, it's like, where do you feel the most centered, the most calm, the most safe, the most uh, soft, right? Like everyone has like a chair at their house or a like a some kind of a whoopee, a blankie, something that like when you bring that into your lap, like you're you're tucking yourself into that space that's in you. You just haven't taken time to really talk about it or really identify it. And so you, for, a, for a deeper meditation practice, what can be helpful is to just spend time cultivating, like decorating the interior of that space within you. Is it a papasan chair? Is it a, a riverbed? Is it a beach? Is it a mountain, right? Is it have trees? Are there animals there? Is it a blank canvas? Is it just this like space that has absolutely nothing there to distract? Or is it a space that is full of the things that remind you of who you are? So that when you're in there experiencing emotion or thought coming or going, that you're able to um, go, oh, I am here. I am me. I am love, right? That the reflections of that space in your inner sanctuary, your imagination, can um, support. Because that happens with our in, in life with our people, right? When we look at the face of someone that we love or trust, it immediately nourishes our nervous system. It calms us when we're in that connection. So we can do that for our interior. And every time you go to sit with, you're, you're going into that space to be held in love where there's no need for judgment or evaluation of any kind. It's being with. And that starts to thin those those experiences really do start to thin. You have a few of them. And when you don't attach to them, it allows your consciousness to go even higher where it is love. Right? So you're not just feeling loved. You actually feel like love itself. Like you are love. You are love as an essence like you're a perfume if you were a scent or a perfume so you become that and to spend time there it's much 
more challenging to, to forget who you are when you spend time in your essence. Because then when you come back into the more dense consciousness, the more literal consciousness of yourself, you can smell yourself still, right? It's like, it's, it's on the skin and you bring it back, you bring it forward. So it actually even comes, it becomes different in your exchange in the world. So then everything you do is now touched with grace. You start leaving fingerprints everywhere because you are love. You start imprinting the world with love. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Be Well Podcast with Kelsey Timmis, your lead facilitator for the yoga teacher training for Guiding Wellness Institute. And today I wanted to share a portion on sadhana. Uh, sadhana, this personal study and from yogic philosophy of settling into the moment, being present in the moment where self-discovery and connection rises from. And so this is a portion from the opening weekend in our advanced history and philosophy module that is now being offered as the yogic uh, philosophy and uh, spiritual practice. Hope you enjoy. So let's settle into the practice of sadhana study also svadhyaya, um, this collective study. And sadhana, when uh, the difference between like settling into the tapas practice or the, you know, the asana practice is very tapas, um, he, uh, heated movement, doing, um, but to to settle into the practice or the moment is sadhana, like deep listening, the spiritual um, or, or the experience of being a spiritual being within this human experience in the moment of now and connect with what's rising in this moment. And so connecting to the moment. And notice how that, um, just how that practice is for you. Like maybe that's to immediately just close the eyes. And there's that saying that we close, we have two eyes. And so we close our eyes in order to see this in the inner sight is just almost immediately the eyes close in order to drop in or or, or lean in or connect. And other times it's really by just look like look really looking around. It's the if our if our sight has been kind of active and choppy and uh, we're in the front side of our eyes and the breath is high in the chest. Maybe we were rushing and we and we ha- and we're still where we've been. We're not where we are yet. Um, then 
it takes a moment to kind of settle in and actually look around and see where you are and be where you are and allow maybe nature to help settle you. Like when you look at the trees and how firmly planted they are, where they are, that can be a grounding presence or a grounding sensation to anything that brings upon this sense of be here, be still now in this moment. And so whichever way that that's arriving for you, just let that unfold, maybe naturally. Not trying to settle in, just settling in. And maybe settling into the practice, maybe that's a constant. Maybe for this moment, just explore the concept or the sensation of maybe this part that I'm able to settle back into is always there. Versus this concept that I have to stop being who I am or doing what I do in order to settle in, you know, and, and connect, um, you know, which direction can that, can you feel a sensation of which direction that flows? Maybe one has just felt more familiar than another, which doesn't always make it the dominant sensation, you know, if we spend a lot of time and in, in being the doer <clears throat> or the, you know, that egoic part of ourself that has responsibility and, and chores and desires and needs, you know, that's just as real. But maybe for this morning, allow that constant state of presence that you are, the unchanging awareness that you are, to be the dominant presence. And try that on. Just notice how that feels. Maybe that you've always been the unchanging awareness that you are that you've always been. Welcome friends to this version of Settling In, Sadhana, a a prior recording from our advanced history and philosophy training with an example of the process of being with, sitting with, what is. Enjoy. But maybe for this morning, allow that constant state of presence that you are, the unchanging awareness that you are, to be the dominant presence. And try that on. Just notice how that feels. 
may be that you've always been, the unchanging awareness that you are, that you've always been, that has always been the backdrop of your life. And so as you settle into the seat, the seat of the soul, like get comfortable in that seat, you know, maybe we have a practice of settling into seat, sukhasana, easy seat, sukha, easy seat to sit with. And for today, maybe notice the seat, the seat of the soul that's always been a resting place. always been a presence, the constant presence. Maybe notice the sensations between the ears, behind the eyes. Notice how maybe how how easily or even just challenging that sensation can be by just we just bypassed the breath but notice how the breath when you connect to that seat of the soul the breath is easy there naturally so maybe the the breath has always just been this door to that space that inner space Maybe when we take a deep breath, we, it opens that door of the inner sanctuary where all things sacred are for you. And then once in that seat, it's just so easy to be, so easy to breathe, so easy to sense. there's no there's no knowledge in this space there it's no cis knowing there's just a sense there's a knowing in that space i know what i know i am what i am it is what it is this overarching sensation of the observer and that maybe it even just feels like observing because even observer has effort in it. This vast open space of observing what is as it is without any need to change anything. Nothing to do. And no need to change anything because everything is perfect just as it is in this moment. As it is in every moment. And 
as you sit and abide in that space of ease. Notice the waves of peacefulness. And the sensation of radical acceptance. By being with things as they are. Being as I am. Then naturally... Radical acceptance. And in that clear space, notice or become aware of the sensations that rise within that clear space, that clear sky. Not to be judged. Noticing the maybe visual sensations, maybe there's color, texture, Maybe it's just thought. Or belief. Notice what comes to you while you sit in that space. what's inspired to come to you. There's a quote that says, truth sits closely to those who, who sit quietly seeking with an open heart. Like what truth can rise because you're settled into that seat of deep listening, deep inquiry, deep awareness. And whatever is rising for you, just notice, is it, is it a thought you've had before? Or how do you know that? How do you, how do you recognize or feel or sense what's rising for you? Is it because it was proven? What rises in that space, is it only because it's been experienced? Maybe it's a question. Maybe it's a longing. Or maybe it's a knowing. And not knowing how you know. And not needing to know how you know. Mm -hmm. 
So whether it's a, a deep inquiry for truth or whether it's the sensation of truth without any need to prove that it's true, just observe the sensation that that brings. <laughs> 